Nightfly Podcast. My name is Dave Jesko, and welcome to the month of August show, 2021. I can never get the dates right. I don't know, and I should know, because I know my birthday is this Friday, the 13th. Oh, that makes so much sense. 
So what does that mean? If it's Friday, then it's Tuesday. Oh my God, I'm horrible at math. Well, we knew that already. But anyway, hello and happy August and happy week to everybody. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day in New York City as we record on our final days here in New York City. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just making everybody nervous because I, you know, again, uh, last week. (laughs) Sorry. Last week. Oh my God, I'm an old man. Um, Because last week I was uh, talking about how I was planning on leaving the city. And I'm like, Jesus, I never thought about how it affects, well, you guys, because, you know, you like the city stories. And do I got one for you today? I'll tell you, this only happened less than 24 hours ago, maybe 12 hours ago. I was um, taping this on Saturday, Friday, and I'm going to tell you about last night because it's it's really great in so many different ways. You're not going to believe it, too, after all the shit I've been talking, all the smack I've been talking all these years. But last night I was at that halal guy stand. This is a... You know, kind of a legendary stand that they make chicken and lamb over rice, uh, you know, on 53rd and 6th, like all night long, all night long. And I started going there when I was working at, you know, Sheba's room on 54th and it's just on the way home. And it's actually not very good, but it's good enough. And there is a line. I mean, it's a half hour line wait. And I don't care. I got nowhere to go. I'm just, I was listening to the Mark Marin podcast while I was sitting around actually wait mark maron's podcast he never gets to the interview it's like 20 minutes before he gets to the interview i'm sitting there i'm like what's, what's going on why do i listen to all these ads <laughs> you're lucky i'm not famous anywho um and all of a sudden i'm sitting there i'm listening to the show and this guy runs through the line and the halal guys just beat the shit out of him they just beat this guy up it was unbelievable just like in the scene from goodfellas Wait, keep him here, Henry. Keep him here. And then they comes back and they beat the shit out of him, kicking and punching. Obviously, the guy wasn't dead, but wow. All the halal guys in their yellow shirts, except for the captain who's in a red shirt, which is the exact opposite of Star Trek. He kept an eye on that guy. And then the guy like ran away, but the guys kept a lookout for him. They were trying to make all their customers safe. It was really cool because the guy was still hanging around. He ran away, and then he was on his phone, and the guy followed him down the street. It was unbelievable. And I would say that's like the, you know, the normal thing that's happening in New York City now, which it is because there's so much nonsense going on. But I think that happens to those guys all the time. You run a late-night place in the middle of New York, even though that's technically a nice neighborhood, 6th Avenue and 53rd, like right across from Radio City Musical and stuff. You know, bad things happen when you're around overnight. And who knows what that guy did. I tried to find out later, and I didn't want to bother them. I just said, thanks for your protection. Because it was protected. I mean, who knows what that guy was doing that they had to beat the shit out of him. He must have done something wrong because they're they're pretty calm, usually. But it was it was unbelievable to watch. And we just all stood around. Nobody got out of line. Nobody got out of line. And everybody just stood and watched them beat this guy down who had it coming. I don't think anybody even recorded it because it happened so fast, because that's the miracle, too. I had my phone right there, and I didn't even think to record it, because I, th- you know, I think when you're in the moment, it's just anybody that sits and records something like that, they're idiots, because you, know, you don't know how it's going to end. So even though I'm sitting right next to them pummeling this guy, the, you know, I don't know... I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to spill out to the line. I don't know. So if you're there with your phone, you're kind of an asshole where, you know, you should really be up and, you know, try and help these guys if need be. And you don't know if he's going to pull out a knife or a gun. So you're an asshole if you film that kind of stuff. But you also want to pretend you're not watching, too, because you want to be polite because those guys are taking care of it. And again, 
who the hell knows what even happened for that to even it just happened so quickly the guy ran right in front of me like he was snatching a purse yeah that's exactly what it looked like like he just snatched a purse ran right through me in between me and the other customers in front of me and then they just beat the shit out of him kicking and punching and and it was it was unbelievable just watching it live like that it was unbelievable and then he got up and went where nobody got out of line because that's a half hour line nobody got out of line it was unbelievable nobody screamed nobody said anything they let these guys take care of it it was it was really fascinating and almost respectful to these guys that work at their cart overnight on the street 365 days a year it was uh <laughs> and i was like oh my god i i wish i could i was almost gonna be like can you tell me what happened because i have a podcast and i just want to know what the situation was but then i was keeping an eye on that guy the whole time because he was walking around and you know they usually start trouble again and i was just keeping my eye on him but thank god the other guys there was a you know like the lead guy was totally keeping an eye on that guy to make sure all his customers were safe it was pretty cool and pretty interesting but i want to tell you about Last night, I'm sorry if I'm coughing. I think there's just a lot of dust in my room. That's what I'm thinking. Or, you know, I just, uh, you know, I drank last night. I drank the night before. And that's the funny thing. I, you know, for five days, I never left the house. And then I have two nights where I do it all. And I compact all my days into one, uh, one, you know, one big night. And then I'm in the house again for the rest of uh, whatever. I don't know what I'm doing for my birthday, by the way. I still have, you know, it's a lot of pressure. So I can't wait for the 14th because... On the 13th, I just, I just, there's a lot of pressure. It's a Friday night. All my friends perform, so I don't know what I'm going to do. My friend Julian Villard is at this Rockwood Music Hall, you know, the uh, guy we had in the Billy Joel channel, and he's going to be on our live broadcast. I don't know whether you know, but I, I don't know if you're interested. We are doing a, a, Billy, a live Billy Joel watch party <clears throat> for those of you who are interested in the Billy Joel podcast, which, by the way, Everybody Loves You Now, I played on the opening because it's the first song from Cold Spring Harbor. And if you can believe it, doing a podcast about Billy Joel, I've never heard anything off Cold Spring Harbor before besides uh, She's Got Away. I think that's the one. Uh, so I never heard that song before, and I loved it. And it's been exciting, I think, for listeners to be like, I wonder what he'll think of this song. Well, that's the way we have to look at it, that they would be interested in what, Dave thinks of the song he's never ironically heard before. So I love I couldn't even believe it. I love I love piano music and this guy Julian was a great guest and I we played some of his music before and he's going to be so we're having this live watch party on August 18th, Wednesday, August 18th. Uh something again if you are on the uh, Maggie level, the $10 level uh, of Patreon subscribers and again, thank you so much. Uh you can get in for free. Uh, that seems fair enough. Otherwise, uh, there'll be a link on the Billy Joel A to Z Instagram to go to our live watch party. What are we going to do? I don't know. You know, we just, it's, it's five bucks and we're just going to come on. We're just going to watch some videos. I mean, it's its a little, well, there's really no other way to put it. It's a little gay uh, <laughs> because it's weird. But, you know, it's if you like Billy Joel and you like our podcast and we like, talking to the people that are very nice on instagram and stuff or enjoying the podcast we're just having a party of like the videos we've been up to we have a through e and we're gonna have mike vecchione is gonna do some comedy and julian's gonna play allentown and it'll be fun wednesday august 18th i'll uh, tell you more uh, next week uh that all being said let me just tell you about uh, yesterday i feel like i um there's something out all these tangents but this week well i should where should i start from i'm just gonna start from yesterday no Yes, I'm going to start from yesterday. All right, look, look, 
All right. So I opened for Rachel Feinstein at Caroline's last night. This is on Friday. And when I was doing the podcast last week, I didn't know it happened. As soon as I clicked, uh, you know, finished or the end of the podcast, she texted like, hey, do you want to do a spot tomorrow, you know, at Caroline's, which I was so surprised because she hates my act. Right. But we've talked about that. But she did tell me to leave something out. It was when she apparently when we were talking about Michael Che last week, some reporter called her and said, how can you play in the same venue as this guy that's a misogynistic jerk off? And so she's like, well, if this reporter is going to be there, she's so nervous. She's like, don't do the Me Too act. And I'm like, don't do the Me Too. But that's like my one bit. It's my only joke I have. So, of course, she's censoring my stuff again. But I don't even care. She says it up front. I don't care. It's the. The, on the side when I'm on stage that she says something that's problematic if she said something after or if you say play don't you know do do that bit tonight but that's a tough one because that's my that's my only joke <laughs> you know so whatever it all worked out but I asked Dory my niece we've been playing this Harry Potter game on uh, the Alexa app and uh, you know she's been helping so we've been talking I was like oh by the way you know I'm performing on Thursday and Friday if you want to come to any of the shows let me know and she goes, oh, maybe I will. And I'm like, right, 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 right. Then on yesterday or Thursday, she goes, hey, I'm coming with a friend and maybe a couple of friends. I'm like, who is this? What? Wait a minute. What? I couldn't believe it, right? She, she was coming to the show, to New York City, to Caroline's. I was like, I can't believe. You know, when I put it out there, I'm like, she's never going to come. I couldn't believe it. And she came yesterday. She came with her roommate, to the, I mean, I couldn't, but I really thought after all this time, my niece who's going to dental school was making up that she even had roommates because there was no, she, she always talked about them, but we weren't sure if we didn't believe her that she was just like, I'm sick of everybody making fun that I have no friends and I have no social life. So I'm going to make up that I have roommates and we all get along. But as it turns out, it's for real. <laughs> I couldn't be happier that this happened. I mean, I was so happy. So last night I walked to the club and I see her and her friend on the street talking to some random dude who I could not pronounce his name. I guess he was Indian, uh, Krishna, Krishna. It, I, it's not anything like that. So I just called him Double K, like in Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, this is my friend. This is Dory. This is her roommate, Victoria. And it's uh, Double K. As long as it's not Triple K, everything's cool. So I kept calling him Double K. <laughs> I said, I'm going to call you Double K. He's like, that's fine. Because I just could not pronounce his name. As rude, as horrible as that sounds, you know, it takes a while to get to know somebody that has a complicated name with a lot of consonants. And yes, that sounds racist because it is. Uh, but he was a lovely guy, right? So I see them on the street and I'm like, you know, you could bring him too because a lot of people were canceling because of COVID. So she was getting very, she's like, look, anybody you want to get in, it'll be fine. Just call, you know, so I made a couple of calls and. I was like, Dory, you can bring whoever you want. I can get them in. And so I told this guy, I'm like, if you want to come with us, it's fine. And, and then he was like, sure. And I'm like, it, I mean, is it cool with you guys? And it was cool. Like, and then I was like, oh, maybe uh, they didn't want him around. But he was very nice and respectful. And so we went in, the three, me, Dory, her roommate, and this guy. And we got there and we did the show. And they were right up front. And it was just so funny with her there and knowing. It's like I almost wanted to bomb because it's funnier to her. Where she's like, oh, that's my Uncle David. He's the worst comic, but he keeps getting gigs for some reason because people like to see him bomb. So it's almost like I, I don't know. I got flustered. I mean, I did fine, but I lost spots because I was like, wait, I don't want to do well because that'll ruin my reputation in front of my niece. <laughs> Which, of course, is ridiculous. 
So anyway, I did my set, and then this guy, uh, Kendall, went up, who's really nice, and then Rachel went up and did a great job, and she's so funny, and it was a great time. And then I started drinking, you know, because it's the best. And I said to myself, you know, David, <laughs> David doesn't like Caroline's comedy. No, uh, I mean, I do. Like, I was always glad to be back because, you you know, if you know the history of me and Caroline's, it's, it's, it's not pretty, but everything's okay again, and I... I miss it there. So I said, I don't have, everybody knows I've got a lot of financial problems. I haven't worked in a long time. I got a lot of tax issues. I haven't paid rent. I'm struggling and everyone knows it. And I said, I was thinking to myself, gee, I wish there was something I could do for those guys. I know I got them into the show and I said, well, you might have to buy a couple of drinks and I was like, I was just watching, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pick up their tab because that's what an uncle's supposed to do. Uh, obviously, I would think more of that if I was the headliner, but that's what I'm supposed to do, I think. And my sister would go crazy, and I'm sure a lot of you are like, what? You don't even have the money to do that. But you know what I was saying to myself? I'm like, you know, this is my life. This is what I do. I mismanage money because I don't care about money. Is it nice to have money? Of course it is. But unfortunately, I am a horrible business person, and I've never thought about money. When I've been doing, uh, I'm doing the air quotes, artistic things all my life, whether it be stand-up comedy or even those stupid Godfather readings or anything I've done uh, in my life, I've never, ever thought, oh, this will make us money. It's never been like that. I just don't think in those terms because I guess in many ways I am an artist and unfortunately a struggling one. And although money would be lovely, I just don't think in those kind of terms. So I just, you know, and then I say to myself, well, I'm going to be long gone when Dory's alive for, you know, 30 or 40 more years. And obviously it's not going to matter when I'm dead, but I'll be dead, and money is stupid, and if you can't do this one thing for your niece, you know, uh, once in a blue moon, then you know what? Fuck you. Fuck life. Fuck everything. You can't pick up one fucking tab. The girl, I, I mean, this is an, an unbelievable, unprecedented thing that my, you know, uh, kind of socially scared niece finally comes to town with friends we got to celebrate this occasion. So, yes, I felt good about it. Of course, I was just like, I know I shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't do it. But it's like, I can't not do it. I am her uncle. I have to. You just have to do certain things sometimes. And I say to myself, and this is all the time. I'm like, it'll all work out. It'll all work out. But I don't care. I'm not like that. My sister knows it. And she gets really upset. We had a problem. I'm. Thursday or Wednesday, I guess, my sister took my mother to see this new place she might be moving into. And she's like, and I and she goes, Well, she liked this one place, but it was only one bedroom, but the two bedrooms much more expensive. And I'm like, Well, wouldn't it be good to just put her in a place that makes her happy? And she goes, See, that's why I didn't bring you. That's why I didn't bring you. Because you say stupid things like that. And, you know, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I'm all I'm I just want our mom to be happy. And for me, I'm saying, let's put her in the place that makes her happy and we'll figure out the finances somehow. I mean, listen, 
Beth is being completely logical. She's absolutely right. We can't afford it. But Jesus, you know, it's like it's worse than it is for me. If you picture your mother in a place she's not happy, that's bad too. So I'm always like, we'll figure it out. I'll get her some money somehow. I'll, I don't know, you know? I mean, if I, I, I don't know. But it's just, I just don't think in those kind of terms. And I know I should. But when you just want to make people happy, I just feel like you have to do these extra things. You can't worry about that all the time. You know me. I mean, I... I do pick up checks a lot and not to be a big shot just to do the right thing. Sometimes it's really not trying to be a big shot. It's like, it's one of this also happened on Thursday night and I'll, uh, I'll tell you about that in a second, but this night was unbelievable and I'm really glad that I did it and I'll never be upset. Even when the bill comes, you know, when I, when my credit card or whatever, I'll be like, this was absolutely worth it. And everybody can go fuck themselves. And if the IRS is listening, you can go fuck yourself too. Because if you can't do these little things, what is really the point of, of, of doing anything? You know, once in a blue moon, you just got to gotta step up and say, well, you know what? I spend a lot of money. I do gambling. I spend a lot of crap on drinking and drugs and gambling. This is money well spent. That nobody would say, well, I guess. I mean, I don't know what my sister would. She'll be angry, but Jesus Christ. I mean, this was an unbelievable night. Dory was so cool. Her friend was nothing but nice. That guy was really nice. And then we hung out. I invited my friends, uh, Lindsay and Jeff, because they're awesome. I invited them to my birthday last year. They were the only civilians invited uh, because she's great, and he's really nice. And uh, he was buying drinks all night, which was very, very kind. And Rachel was hanging out, and they, these two um, boys that were helping Rachel like film her, uh, film her on stage. They hung out. So th- then we went to another place. Oh, even the producer from the Jerry Springer show was there. It was really a great night. And then we were hanging out at the bar drinking, and Rachel had to go. And I said, "Let's go to another place." And I mapped out a place in advance, hoping people would want to go to another place because that's the way it's always been at Carolina. Let's go to another place. Let's have a good time. It's great when a tell's not there because the only option is going to the cellar. And I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get in a cab. It ruins the night. It ruins the flow. And we just walked a block away. We went to this place called Hurley's. I, again, I looked it up online. I'm like, I think I've been there, but I don't remember. But it was a perfect, nice, wide open space. And I don't know, like nine of us went there with Dory and her roommate and her friend. And Dory was drinking like a normal human being, and we had an amazing time. It was so amazing. And then I said, listen, can I get you guys an Uber home? I mean, you know, they got to go to Newark. I said, can I get you guys an Uber home? And they're like, no, 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 we don't mind. We'll take the train. And I'm like, "Are you? come on. I, I mean, I do this for people I don't like sometimes. You know, I mean, you guys got to go far. You came in to see me. It's like midnight already. I'm like, no, we'll take the train. We know what we're doing. And I'm like, wow, I am just so goddamn impressed today. I am so impressed, right? It was unbelievable. We had a great time. Sometimes I was talking to other people and she was fine talking. I didn't have to coddle her in any way. She was talking to her friends. She was talking to my friends. She was a social butterfly. The likes which, as you know, on this podcast for years, we have never seen she was like the way she is on the podcast, which is fun and and cool, um, out and about in the world. And it was awesome. 
It was so awesome. Look what a proud, beaming uncle I am today. And she was making fun. She's like, oh, he's a horrible uncle. You know, I mean, it was great. It was great. It was funny. It was, it was really great. I, I woke up this morning at 8.30 in the morning, hungover, of course, and I called my mother and I said, you're not going to, and this is the funniest thing. I called my mother and I'm like, did I wake you? He said, like, no, no, no. I was watching TV. Let me tell you something. When Jersey tomatoes come out, let me give you a piece of advice. Do not put them in the refrigerator. And here's why I'm like, Rhoda, I don't have time to talk about Jersey tomato. I called to tell you something. What do you think I'm calling at 830 in the morning for? I usually call at three in the afternoon. You're not curious why your son who never calls you on Saturdays and Sundays is calling you at 830 in the morning. You're going to tell me about Jersey tomatoes. Are you fucking kidding me? She wouldn't shut up. It's like the thing about Jersey tomatoes is I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It was hilarious. I mean, really hilarious. I'm glad I remembered to tell you because I didn't even write it down. I was like, how can I not write down the Jersey tomato bit? And they're like, no, I got to tell you, Dory came to my show last night and it was amazing. And we had an amazing time and she was a delight and super fun. And she was so happy, just like me. I almost want to call my sister, even though we're, uh, you know, not in a good place. I, I, I think I'm going to have to. But then I'm, I'm nervous because then she's going to be like, you paid or whatever. I don't know. She's just going to yell at me for something. I don't know. Why would you let Dory do it? Who knows? I mean, my mother is like, well, you know, this was good that you guys hung out because who knows what your your sister's saying to them about you or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, no, it was cool. It's uh, It was great. It was, it was, oh my God, right. You already know. It was, it was just, I can't even, I am beaming with uh, pride and joy today over my niece Dory. And I'll tell you something too. With the other kid, Liza, uh, the middle one, who already has a job up in Boston, who's already cool, right? Too cool for school. You know how I always make fun of these kids, the rotten kids, but they're, they're, they're not. It's working. I bought Li- Liza loves hard-boiled eggs, and everybody knows it. She loves hard-boiled eggs. And, you know, have you seen the late-night commercials? You know, like, especially, of course, if you're watching old people shows like MeTV. And, you know, during the Dick Van Dyke show, they have advertisements. And you can make the perfect hard-boiled egg. You know, this kind of hard-boiled egg, steam it, boil it, do whatever, but make them perfect every time. Wait, I probably have the commercial. If you love hard-boiled eggs but hate watching water boil, then tediously peeling off shells, you need Egg Pod, a new kind of microwave egg cooker that does all the work for you. Fresh eggs go in. Perfectly cooked eggs come out with the shells detached from the egg. Just slide and enjoy. Simply add water, place your eggs, then cook in the microwave. Next, simply shake in the egg pod and the shell slides right off. The secret is the microwave-safe design that creates steam convection, so your eggs cook evenly and consistently. Then, as you shake, the textured dome gently releases the shell from the white, so it slides right off. That's right. You just steam, shake, and slide for ready-to-eat eggs anytime. I bought Liza one of these things, one of those late-night buys. And again, I'm just like, you know, again, if I can't just buy my niece a, a $10 to $15 item, this life sucks. And they know I'm not rich. But, again, you know, these kind of things, they'll they'll pay off later in some wonderful way. In, at least in my mind, uh, maybe if I haven't been the greatest uncle, I can, because, you know, I, I, because I don't have any money, I feel like I don't do enough as an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent should, you know? 
And it's it's bothersome. I mean, when Aunt Judy sometimes still gives me twenty bothers, she gives my, you know, David Blitzer, my cousin, you know, the 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 billionaire who well, not mad, he might be a billionaire by now, the one who owns the Devils and Sixers. She keeps sending him fifty dollars for his birthday, and it's really we talk about it all the time, because that's what you're supposed to do as an aunt or an uncle, even when you don't have the money. And I guess that's the way I was brought up. And I know my aunt Judy never had a lot of money. But you'd always get a $20 or a $50 check for your birthday because that's the way it works. So that's the way I guess my mind is thinking, right? Everything is financial and you just want to buy gifts. And, you know, so I saw this thing and I bought it and I said, what's your address? I'm going to send you something. She got it and I got the notification on, uh, you know, Alexa saying, uh, you know, the thing was delivered on Monday. And then I never heard from her. And I'm like, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to call her if she's going to be that way. And the thing is, Liza's never that way, so I don't know why I was thinking that. And then on Tuesday, she sent a picture because she had used it and said, I love my new... I mean, that was the exact right way to do it. She wasn't telling me that she got it. And it's a stupid gift, and I told her it was stupid. She, I said, I'm going to send you something stupid. You know, it's not like what I gave her for her birthday, which was, like, you know, really special. Um, it was just stupid, and I was thinking of her, and that's what you're supposed to do, Right. But she sent me a picture that she had used it. And uh, that made me so happy. I'm like, this kid gets it too. So now I got two good kids. Now we got to work on the boy. And I was thinking, I'm like, all right, I got to work on this relationship too with Billy. Because it's definitely strained a little bit. But I don't know what's going to I mean, if you know, it took Dory to be 24, 25. So I, I don't know. Billy's still only eight. I think he's only 18. I think he's only 19 in September. So. You know, maybe I just can't relate. I can, I'm good with kids. And then when they're in the middle, I'm no good. And then, you know, if I can just treat them like uh, peers, because I'm pretty sure we were hanging out with uh, other people <laughs> with Dory's age, you know, while we were there. In fact, I invited my friend who's 19 there and she came and then she left and she came by herself too. And uh, they did ask for vaccination cards, by the way, Caroline. So I wasn't sure. I know all the city is doing that, but I just still wasn't sure if they were going to do it because on Thursday night I had a show at the West side comedy club, which you knew about. And I wasn't, they didn't ask for vaccination cards or anything. I think they're just so happy to have people in there and there weren't that many people there, but it was still a fun night and everybody was great. Olga was terrific. Katie Hannigan, Joe Mackey, of course, and Jessica Curson is just the shit. And it was a really fun show. And I decided they have a nine o'clock show too, which was actually really hot. Like they, the place was much more packed wish I was on that show. I stayed because I get a free meal. So I was like, I'll eat the meal during the show because then I know, you know, I can't eat the meal while I'm on the show because I have to keep going back and forth to take people on and off stage. So I decided to have the meal uh, there. But oh, my stomach was driving me crazy. I don't know what happened. You know, I don't really get stomach aches like that anymore. And it was definitely like a diarrhea stomach ache. And I think it was, I just had a bad Starbucks before I went on or something. My stomach was really bothering me. I was trying I, I went into the bathroom to try and go to the bathroom while jessica kirsten was on stage because i knew i wanted to eat and the bathroom was just so gross i'm like i can't do it i'm just gonna have to work this out so thank god my friend alina was there and um we went upstairs and i got high and i took like three puffs and i boy it worked like a charm unbelievable how well pot works for stomach issues it's uh it really is a medicinal drug when you use it as such and I was perfectly fine after that. I really thought I wasn't going to be able to hang out. My stomach was really bothering me. Amazing. Three hits of weed. And I was a new man. 
And then I went downstairs and I started drinking and I had like three chicken tacos and some buffalo cauliflower bites. No, so I was eating and drinking, having a good time. And my friend Tom Cotter and his wife showed up. I haven't seen them in years. Tom Cotter, if you might remember, and I was telling this girl, this 19-year-old girl who's like, you know, in comedy. I know it sounds ridiculous. And I was like, hey, do you want to hang out for my birthday? I'm like, wait, what am I doing? What am I doing? She goes, yeah, I'd love to. I'm like, no, 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 no. You, you are too young even for me. Sorry. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Because she looks older, so it gets confused. And she certainly acts much older than you would think. So, uh, but I keep forgetting. So anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story, I was explaining to her about this guy and how he came in second place on America's Got Talent to a dog act. And that's the first thing he opens with on stage. <clears throat> you know, I was so rooting for him. He's my friend of many years and he's terrific. And I was so happy for him. And he, it was between him and one other act on AGT to win it all, to win a million dollars or whatever they get. And he lost to the dog act because that dog, you know, he went on first that day. And then the dog act came out, and I told you that dog was driving an electric car with his paw out the window with sunglasses. And I'm like, well, this contest is over. Ah, ha, ha. Oh, my God, this is brilliant. Oh, and that happened last night, by the way. Somebody fell off their chair, and I just started laughing really hard. And Dory was laughing so hard that I was laughing. I mean, it's my old bit that I've been doing for years. <laughs> I guess she's never seen it before. So yeah, it was class. Wow. <laughs> Oh, it's um, really good stuff. So, yeah, so this, so he's a great guy, and I haven't seen his wife in so many years. She's still really hot. She's 52. She looks amazing, and uh, she's a comic, too, and it was just so great. So I was having a great time, but again, you know, we're at a comedy club, so we can't really talk, and I'm like, you know, let's. but then we all went out to a bar afterwards, this um, new uh, Asian comic that's been uh, just got passed at the cellar, and uh, this other girl who was just doing auditioning at the club, and this guy and his dad and Felicia, who runs the club, and we all went out to this bar a couple blocks away and sat outside and had another couple of beers. And it was terrific, right? So then the check comes. All right, here now this is bad. This is where I shouldn't have done anything, right? The check comes like nobody's doing anything. Nobody's doing it. Felicia has a lot of money. So I don't know why she wants to split it or whatever. I don't know. She's got a lot of money. She's very rich. I'm not saying, but you know me, I'm just like the richest person should just pick up the tab. So the people across from me shared a chocolate chip cookie. The girl to the right of me didn't have an alcoholic beverage. I think she had a Sprite. And maybe the guy's dad had a beer and then me and Felicia had a beer. So I'm like, I'm not letting the people that had a cookie or a Sprite pay so i'm so but it was just i'm like felicia i'm like let's just split it and she's like why would we split it i'm like well let's just split it they didn't even drink anything and she's like why and i'm like oh come on i'm like oh fuck this and i just i'm like i'll get it it was like 60 bucks i'm like i oh, fine i'll get it i mean i'm what am i arguing for this woman who's my age who's a university of pennsylvania graduate who's very very rich in her hamptons house and is only showing Photos of her wealth. I'm arguing over a check for a person that had a cookie and a Sprite. We were the only ones that were drinking. I'm like, come on. What's the matter with you? Because the dad, who would probably pick it up, he's from Rochester. He doesn't know any better. It's not his fault. He was nothing but nice. And I'm like, let's just get it. And then she, I mean, she gave me like 20 bucks. So it was no big deal. But I'm like, oh, my God, let's just get this over with. Nobody's taking care of it. I don't know what's happening. But I guess maybe everybody just knows I'm a sucker for that. So I don't know. 
So that one wasn't a good one. But again, I'm just like, who cares? Let's just, you know, what are we? I, I can't let people that didn't drink anything or eat anything pay. It's really frustrating. I, I, I don't I just don't understand. And I guess that, that, you know, again, you know, I hang out with a lot of rich folk and they're just always um, thrifty, which, of course, is how you stay rich. I guess that's their thing. And obviously, when I actually have money, it's going to be real fucked up or if and when. Because I'm just going to go for it all. You know, like, hey, drinks for everybody. You're all right, okay? Drinks on the house. Just like in uh, Goodfellas. No, it's on the house. It's on the house. Don't worry, but No, no, fellas, come on. It's on me. No, no. No. Sorry. Hey, hey, you did a little. Hey, you said some things. A little out of line. No, I didn't. I didn't do nothing. Come on, I'll buy you a drink. No, no, no. It's on the house. So that is uh, my story of the last two days, whereas the only days that I went out of the house. I mean, I went out Friday to get a haircut, talked to you guys on Saturday, and never left the house since that day until Thursday. I, but, you know, it's interesting. On Monday, I showered. <laughs> I mean, now we can say it since um, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis apparently never shower. So I showered on Monday, and then I went into my room, and I just sat in the chair looking out the window trying to come up with what I'm going to do with my life. I wrote it in this book. Yeah, I entitled it My Future and Then Somebody Save Me! Exclamation point. And I just wrote down all these things that I want to do. But, but at least I was doing something. I was thinking because I'm like, where can I think? Where can I concentrate? Because really, it's hard to concentrate at your house. But I felt good and I was showered and I, had, I think I had gone out and I took a, took a walk. You know, I finally looked to see if that area was open by the water, which it's still not. So I have to keep cutting around. I had to take a look. I was keep using excuses of why I can't walk around. And then on, I remember it was uh, on Wednesday. I, Tuesday, I don't think I left again. And I keep getting depressed. And then on Wednesday, I went, did I go for a walk or did I just leave the house for a second? I don't know. All I know, all I've noticed is if I go out for a second for a walk, or to just interact with people for two seconds outside the house, I seem to be productive when I come back because then I guess I feel like a person. So I've been trying to figure that out, and um, I, well, I've noticed that that's what I need. I need to get out every day, and I was doing that during COVID. It's, I don't know what happened and why I stopped, but I keep thinking if I leave the house, I'm, uh, my big break's going to come, <laughs> which, of course, is hilarious. Meanwhile... I was talking to that. I called up that girl. If you remember a couple of weeks ago when we uh, were doing the video podcast where I found that piece of paper where that girl, Kelly, who, you know, I had that date with on September 10th, 2001. And I gave her a call. I hadn't talked to her in a long time. She's like, why are you calling me? I don't know whether I told you this, but she, I called her up and she goes, I can't talk right now. I'm at the Evil Knievel Museum in Topeka, Kansas. And I'm like, you know, I always knew someday I would call somebody from out of the blue and they would say that to me. So that was hilarious. But then she called me back and, of course, she told me uh, she's having trouble with her uh, husband. And she goes, well, you were right. And I'm like, yeah, yes, score. I told you not to go out with that guy. He's a degenerate and he's got a gambling problem and he's a complete idiot. and a lo- Oh, wait a minute. Wait, who are we talking about again? I can't remember. Anyway. I called her because I know she likes song parodies, 
Like, I know that was her thing. And so I got to tell her about the Billy Joel podcast because Elon always does a song parody every week, so I know she would like it. And I wanted to tell her about the letter that I had found from September 10th, 2001. So we had a really good talk. And she said this thing. We were talking about what I should do, and I wasn't sure what I should do to, to make money and get a job. And she goes, you should just do a whole shitload of podcasts since that's what you want to do. Because I was saying, I really like podcasting. I love podcasts. I love talking, obviously. I love to talk. And I like podcasting much more than I like stand-up comedy. I like doing, obviously, this show for no money and for, no th- for nothing with uh, you know not a huge amount of listeners. We're going on seven years. But I don't care, right? Because you know I enjoy doing it. And that's why I don't mind doing the Billy Joel podcast and the Comedy Seller Show. This is what I want to do with my life is have this forum. And that's all I've ever wanted to do. I mean, it would be nice to be on TV sometimes. But I love radio and I just like talking into a microphone and I guess hearing the sound of my own voice. Well, I guess we said it. So it's obvious when you talk as much as I do, obviously you... uh, Love the sound of your own voice, I guess, which is weird because many times I can't listen to myself sometimes, but whatever the case may be, that's what I said. So, you know, I was like, you know what? She's right. What did I do? Like, what what am I doing? What's it going to cost me to do like uh, all these different podcasts? So I was just trying to come up with ideas, you know, like, um, I mean, they're stupid. And then on Tuesday, you know, I said, I called my friend Vincent and I said, do you want to? Is it, do you want to do a wine podcast? I looked it up, and there's plenty of wine podcasts, but my friend Vincent's a sommelier, and apparently everybody's been telling me I've been pronouncing that wrong, but that's hilarious to, again, do a Billy Joel podcast and never heard one of his albums. So it's the same thing. I'm doing a wine podcast, but I can't pronounce sommelier correctly. But my, so I said, let's do it at the West Bank Cafe, where we were it's on 42nd and 9th, and we'll have you, me, and the owner on, Steve, and we'll just and you bring out a red and a white every week, and we'll, and we'll discuss it or whatever we're going to do every episode. And you, I don't know anything about wine and you'll tell me why it's great. And he's like, that's a great idea because I can get the winemakers on and stuff. I mean, this might be not interesting to you guys. I, you know, and I don't even know what this interests me. I'm just trying to do stuff that, I mean, it is interesting to me because I'm fascinated and I've mentioned this before by people that are knowledgeable about whatever they're knowledgeable about, especially alcohol. So if somebody like Vincent knows stuff about wine, I am interested when they're talking about it. And when I was at to dinner with them the other day, they were talking about going to Italy and watching the grapes and stuff and how it's fermented or whatever the, whatever wine talk is. You're fascinated with somebody that really knows their stuff. I love my friend Jay knows about beer and I love hearing him talk about beer and you like, uh, some people know about scotches and I like that kind of talk when somebody is truly knowledgeable and you call them on it, just make sure that they really are. It's great. When somebody really, you know, people call me when they're like, I have a question about the TV show, The Facts of Life. Now, do you remember the girl that was Blair's cousin? And I'm like, sure, sure, Jerry June. Uh, they're like, uh, see, I called the right guy. That's what I'm good for. So I just figured I would do this. We'll sit at a table. I'll bring my equipment to the restaurant. We'll film, you know, uh, once a month. We'll do two episodes because they're old. Uh, I don't think they want to be bothered. But I thought that's not it. You know, let's do that. We'll start there. Then I called up this uh I mean, this, I'm grabbing at straws. I'm just trying. I don't know. I mean, I don't see this. I mean, the wine thing, maybe you can get a sponsor, but I called up this No Fear Shakespeare company. I, I have a lot of these No Fear Shakespeare books, and what they are is they have the regular Shakespeare on the left side, but on the right side, a translation that even Dave Juskow can understand. 
And what I liked, the first one I bought was Henry the Fourth Part One, because I'm like, you know, I've never read any of these weird ones that would seem uninteresting. And I remember reading it, you know, on the right-hand side, and then I would read the left-hand side. I'm like, oh, that's what that means. And I was, and I did this, I don't know, 10 years ago maybe, just for myself, for no other reason. And I was fascinated on the plot line of Henry the Fourth Part One. And I just really enjoyed it. And then I bought the DVD. It was like, I really got into it. And I know Shakespeare is not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm like, what if we did the No Fear Shakespeare? So I emailed the company that does the books. I'm like, would you guys be interested in doing that? And be, you know, we could have, you know, it's it's regular dialogue. I don't know. Like I said, I'm kind of grabbing at straws and I'm just come, kind of come up with ideas like this girl said. It was like, in a way, an epiphany. I'm like, yeah. Let's just keep doing podcasts. I don't know. I'll do a Sherlock Holmes podcast. I'll do, you know, I don't know. I'm still coming up with the plans, but uh, I'll just keep doing multiple podcasts and then maybe one will work one day or maybe I can make money from all of them somehow. I don't know. That is the plan, though. You know, because the Billy Joel one is interesting because I, we probably, I, I probably have more listeners, no offense to anybody, but that's Billy Joel because you're getting automatic fans. You know, mine takes a, a slow burn. And I'm like, oh, you haven't heard Dave Juskow's podcast? Who? Oh, my God, it's great. He talks about the $6 million man. Excuse me? Well, it, you'd have to be there to. It's, it's funny when he says it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, no, and then I was talking to this guy about, you know, obviously doing football one and all that stuff. I don't know. You can do it from home. So, I like editing, too. I enjoy the editing process and everything. I, it's worth a try. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Uh, I don't know whether you got... Well, for, I, I wonder if you're watching the Olympics. Obviously, we had Brian Pinelli on last week. He's uh, He said some interesting stuff, especially about the surfing stuff. You know, I'm still... NBC can suck it. They can suck it. I'm looking all over for that stupid fucking pole vault thing the whole time. I can't find it. I'm taping everything. I don't see it. I mean, these motherfuckers and their beach volleyball can suck it. No one cares about beach volleyball. Jesus Christ. Every single time. They had women's basketball. And they're up by 20 points. And I'm like, why are you still showing this? We know the Americans are going to win women's basketball. I don't want to see men's basketball. It means nothing that Kevin Durant can't stay healthy during the net season, but for some reason he can win an Olympic gold. Who cares? No one cares. No one cares. I guarantee you anybody that likes the NBA is not watching American men's basketball. No one cares. NBC doesn't get it. I've heard their ratings are down. They're like incompetent. I mean, yeah, nobody cares about pole vaulting, but you can't just show it for a little bit. It turns out Brian was completely correct. It was really interesting. That guy was talking about one and watching. I mean, you don't have to show the whole thing, but you could show it, edit it up where, you know, you're not waiting time and they just keep going and you can watch the ending. I mean, it's, I'm like, oh, well, you got to get the app for that. I'm like, fuck you. I got a regular TV. I want to watch it on the big screen, dummies. I have to watch it on YouTube. And it was fantastic. And then the high jump, I was looking for the stuff I, that they're not showing. And watch the high jump was unbelievable. These two guys shared a gold medal. They were going to do a jump off. And they're like, no, let's share it. And they were, it was a really kind moment and nice. And NBC didn't, maybe they showed a clip. It was really pathetic. 
Their coverage can suck it with fucking their well, water polo is okay, but you know, can't put it on. But that beach volleyball and basketball—that's all they show during prime time. Now that the gymnastics and swimming is over, that's it. And I'm done with that. I don't want to see that anymore either. So I saw archery, which was great. And I saw a canoe slalom, which was fun for, you know, 10 minutes. Boy, they, they just really don't give any of those, any of those uh, other sports a chance. And it's like, we see, ba- I can see basketball all year round. And there's a time, you know, and basketball's on every night. And no one cares about volleyball. No one cares. I'm not going to watch that after the Olympics over. If I was interested, I'd watch it. I, if, if more people would know about it. So show us the stuff we only see every four years, you fucking idiots. It really pisses me off. And I saw street skateboarding, and that was exciting. They showed a little bit of that, but, oh, man, they just don't get it. And I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm watching. I'm recording, and I see nothing. Even when they put it in the description, it doesn't show up. It's really fucked up. Fuck you, NBC. You stink. And you know why else you stink? Because you got rid of Bob Costas. And let me tell you something, folks. Sometimes people ask me, what are you watching? What do you think is good? What do you think is good? I'm going to tell you what's good. Bob Costas has a brand new show on HBO, and it is terrific. This guy knows how to put on a show. He's so good. He's always been good. His HBO shows have been phenomenal. His later show on NBC was phenomenal. That legendary one he did at Radio City Musical after the 2007 Giants won the Super Bowl was unbelievable. So he's got a new show. I think it's called uh, Back on the Record or something like that, HBO. It comes out only once a month, which is a bummer, but maybe that's best because then every show's perfect. So this week, this month, uh, it just came out last week, no exception. He comes on. He's got Charles Barkley as the first guest. You cannot go wrong, but it is a sit-down interview. No stupid audience, no... No, la- I mean, the, there's a couple of people in the audience that are laughing a little, but it's no, it's no breaks, no commercials. You're getting a fun, good interview, and and it's really great. And he's, it's just a, a fantastic time. And then he had Ali Raisman from the Olympics, so they were talking about Simone Biles, of course. And this Ali Raisman, you know, is one of those people that really stuck it to Larry Nasser, Nasser, and it was great hearing her talk about it. She was very interesting. Uh, watching her, the way she speaks, she was really good. I mean, her voice is one of those really annoying, I guess, Jewy voices that kind of like Janice on Friends, but she's very well-spoken, but because her voice is just like a child, it it's grating, but she's still very smart and very outspoken. And it, again, a great interview. Then he has, what's his name, Bowden something, uh, some and some uh, black basketball player who is really pretty, and David Cohn as a panel. And the brilliance about Bob Costas is he doesn't mind asking the black questions. And he'll say to the black guests, and because and then I'm saying this because I've seen him do this that one time, and I know I told you this, Radio City's got Willie Mays and Hank Aaron on, and he says to them in Radio City Musical with a full audience, and he goes, do you think there aren't more black people in baseball is because it's a generational game and black people don't grow up with a lot of fathers? Man, that is a fucking balls to the walls but relevant question, and that could go either way, and those guys answered, and they're like, eh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. 
I mean, you didn't know how that was going to go. Uh, one of my friends said, well, maybe they prepared it ahead of time because it was a balls question for a white guy in this day and age to ask stuff like that. And that's why this show is good. He does not pull punches. It's not racist. He's just asking questions that a lot of other people are terrified to ask. And I think the, well, at least the, the panel seemed to respect it. They love Bob Costas and he should be respected. He's been around a long time. He's really knowledgeable. And so far, nothing has come out about him that would make you have a problem with him because we're all waiting for that. Fred Rogers is lucky he died when he did because God knows what would have happened if he lived just a little bit longer. I've been doing that in my act. It's like, oh, his documentaries are stupid. You learn nothing. You're like, Fred Rogers is a great guy. Oh, no kidding. Why do I need to watch a documentary like this? Even if they said he was a pedophile, you'd be like, well, we kind of knew that too, so that's not interesting. What would be interesting is if his widow started going, let me tell you something about Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers is a fucking asshole. This guy hated everybody. I don't know what persona he was putting on TV, but he really hated people from Jersey. That was his thing. Hated them. Thought they smelled bad. Thought they were uneducated. He always used to say, fuck people from Jersey. I mean, <laughs> and let me tell you, when you're performing in Pennsylvania, that joke kills. Not so much in Jersey. Uh, well, then I changed it to Pennsylvania. But he's from Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, so it makes sense. Anyway, I recommend that one. What I don't recommend, oh my God, Space Jam 2 can suck it. Wow, I couldn't wait to see it. I was, a, you know, I mean, I watch Bugs Bunny every day on a daily basis on uh, HBO Max, so I could not wait to see it. And as you know, I'm loving everything going HBO Max. Otherwise, I'd never see Space Jam Two until until it came to cable, because <laughs> I am that old. Yes, and it sucks so much it is two hours long i watched it in 30 minute increments and those 30 minute increments i'm like come on gotta get through this i keep pausing and be like ah oh, crap that's only 20 minutes i got another 10 minutes to go i mean like that's how bad it was like why don't you turn it off i'm like no i want to see what happens he doesn't even get to the tune area for 30 minutes in it was elon that was telling me uh and by the way a real quick announcement on billy joel we have the, uh, if, if you don't like Billy Joel, but you like this podcast, we have our interview with Dennis Blair coming up this Thursday. That's in two days. Dennis Blair wrote the movie Easy Money. So he talks a lot about Rodney and it's really great uh, about the movie and a couple things and how he worked on it and how he was writing about Joe Pesci and stuff like that. So I highly recommend uh, listening to that because that is a definite companion piece to The Nightfly. Dennis Blair, the writer of goddamn film Easy Money. It's fucking exciting. It's like having Amy Heckerling on. The writer of Clueless. Hello. I love it. So uh, I remember that. But Elon was saying, so he, so Elon's a kid, right? And he just watched Easy Money before we did the song Easy Money because he knew I was going to reference a lot of the movie. And he goes, well, you know, his mother-in-law doesn't die or pretend to die until 40 minutes into the movie. And I'm like, Really? I never thought about that. That plot doesn't progress until about 40 minutes into the movie. He's absolutely right. But again, when you hear the way Dennis Blair put it together, then it's like it all makes sense, of course. Yeah, then I was thinking, yeah, you got, then I was thinking of something like Groundhog Day. You know, that's, that's a full setup, but you got to get into the universe quickly because that's the thing. You can have a setup, but how long do you keep the setup for? How long does it take Marty McFly to go to 1955? I mean, you have to have the setup, but 
I, I assume, and I haven't timed it, that a movie with a setup like that where you're going back to the future or you're going to live every day over again, my guess is there's got to be a 20-minute window. You got to get that thing cooking within 20 minutes. So I was thinking about Groundhog Day and we're like, you know, it starts at the, he's at the news station and then they're driving to Poxitani and then he has that first day where he, you know, wakes up and does the report and then says, I'm going to go to bed and he takes the shower and he goes to bed. And that's it. Because so I was thinking about it in my mind. I'm like, when do they get to the first day when he wakes up and it's all, you know, because you got to get into it fast because you also don't want a comedy to be two hours. You want it to be an hour and 40. So you got to get right into it. But you have to have a setup because otherwise, yeah, I mean, you must have a setup, especially in Back to the Future. Think about that. You've got to set up shit. You got, I mean, how does that line work if he says, you better get used to those bars, kids? if you don't know that Uncle Joey didn't make bail again. So there's so much setup in that, and yet I believe he goes back to the future in about 20 minutes. And that's, you know, that has to be set up. You know, Groundhog Day, you can make a case you're, we're going to see it later. But with uh, Back to the Future, boy, if and so that's the key. You got to get into it in 20 minutes. And they, thank God, they were making comedy movies back then they were only an hour 40 that's what a good comedy movie should be an hour 40 these two hour space jam to be two fucking hours you're already an idiot so he doesn't get into the tomb world for about 30 fucking minutes which is unacceptable you don't need that much of a setup for a stupid stupid movie like this and this movie sucks i almost want you to see it so you agree with me how much it sucks, but you won't be able to get past the first 20 minutes. LeBron is horrible in the sense that he is just not Michael Jordan and he is not charismatic and no fun. And his people that play his kids are stupid and awful. The only scene that was good is he's on his basketball court at his house and he can go ball and then a ball comes out like an Alexa app, which was exciting. Uh, you know, that was the best part of the movie. And Don Cheadle is uh, the villain and Sarah Silverman's in it. I didn't even know. And she's, and I was like, what the fuck is she doing in this movie? And I don't even know why it, she's in the movie. It's like, why did they even choose Sarah Hill? Maybe there was a bigger part she had later, but it's stupid. And she's not even good in it. It's like, I mean, it's not, not her fault. It's like, there's nothing to do. It's like, why are you hiring Sarah Silver? This could have been anybody. I mean, it's not even a funny part. It's not even a part. It's like weird. I didn't know she was in it. I mean, how cool is it that she was in Space Jam? She's probably like, hey, you want to be in Space Jam? Sure I do. And then she was in the second Muppets movie or the first one or whatever. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that, right? So, you know, who cares? But, oh, my God, this movie sucks so much. The guy that does, for us, the Nightfly listeners, the guy that does Bugs Bunny sucks so much cock. The other characters are fine. Daffy Duck, Foghorn Leghorn, they all sound great. The guy doing Bugs Bunny. How do you not, in this day and age, be able to scour the globe to find somebody that does a really good Bugs Bunny. We're not expecting the Mel Blank, but it really, in this day and age, when you can just have, send, you know, hey, we're having open auditions for people that sound like Bugs Bunny. You can't find a better Bugs Bunny. Maybe it doesn't matter because kids, maybe they don't know, but I mean, I still think kids grow up on Bugs Bunny. You see, maybe they don't anymore. So nobody probably cares. Nobody cares about Bugs Bunny anymore. So they probably don't care. But for us... Man, he sucks. It's like, remember when Mel Blanc was old and it was awful? And then, you know, somebody took over and it got worse. It's like with Kermit. And now they found a good, somebody good enough 
that Kermit sounds like Kermit. But yeah, this Bugs Bunny. I mean, and that's the thing. It's LeBron James and Bugs Bunny, and Bugs Bunny sucks. The, the one good thing about it is they use all the people from Warner Brothers, like they all their movies and their universes and stuff, so that's kind of interesting, but it's not interesting enough to watch the movie. So they can go through the Harry Potter universe and the DC universe, and all the people that are watching the basketball game are from uh, Warner Brothers movies. Well, now that I think about it, the Wizard of Oz people there, the Wicked Witch, but that's MGM. Maybe they took them over. I don't know. But the Clockwork Orange guys were there, which I was like, well, who's going to know that except me? And the Matrix people, I guess, uh, were there. So, you know, they just had people. St- and then no, no lines or anything. It was just uh, stupid. It's awful. Awful. Space Jam 2. Highly unrecommended. And... Finally, oh yeah, here's just one thing about the Olympics. Uh, Do you find it interesting that the U.S. is, uh, you know, have the most medals so far uh, by a mile in in total? Uh, China has more golds than the U.S., but in total, the U.S. has more. Isn't it funny? You know, it goes United States, China, Russia. But shouldn't China and Russia, like, just be the greatest? I know we're awesome and our athletes are awesome, But because they're so strict and run by these republics, doesn't it say to those countries, like, I guess this isn't the way to train our athletes by being so strict. It looks like if you loosen up on some stuff and you let people do what they do and not be terrified of losing like Americans and, you know, they can still do, they want to win, but they do it by their own free will. Isn't that saying to the other countries, maybe we should take off, because this is what we picture in our mind, that if you're Chinese and you know you you are working out and you fuck up you, you might get executed you know and in russia the same thing mother russia is counting on you to bring home gold metal i mean right that's what we at least picture in our minds because they are crazy countries and they're not uh free and shouldn't they do better at sports because they they have no other conflicts It's not like America where there's so many distractions. But when you see all the Americans doing so well, wouldn't you, somebody over there say, maybe we should let them do whatever they want. It seems to be working for the Americans. Thank you. Or something I noticed. But then I was talking about Andrew Cuomo for a second. Everybody's been asking about that. Now, as you know, as you guys know, I mean, it's just like the Trump election. When I kept saying he was going to win, he was going to win big, and nobody was listening. Uh, I've told you I've hated Andrew Cuomo for a long time when everybody was praising his shit. I was like, don't listen to this guy. He is a scumbag. Thank you. It's beautiful. But here's the thing. Here we go again. Everybody wants him impeached. They want him to resign. And I say, stop. Let him finish out his goddamn term. He hasn't been convicted of anything. I'm sure all this shit happened. Let him just finish out his fucking term. I think it's almost over. I think this is an election year. I don't know. He's trying to run again, so he won't run again. Let him finish out the term. Stop with the impeachment and stuff. I don't think he's going to do anything that's going to ruin New York. Uh, It's just, uh, God, it just drives me insane. Let him finish out his term. 
He's embarrassed already. He's an idiot. He's not. He's obviously a moron. I've been saying that for a long time. He's a horrible governor. And all you people, not you people, you know what I'm saying, but all those people are like, he's so great. We're Cuomo sector. You people are fucking idiots. Look, you turn on a dime like a Simpsons episode. It's a fucking embarrassment. How come you guys aren't embarrassed? Why should he be embarrassed? He fooled all of you. Not you guys. You know my listeners the night fly this i'm not talking about you i'm talking about everybody else that was so into cuomo oh my god he's great he's got to run for office i want to have his babies you fucking assholes no now we need to fire everybody's right out of the simpsons <laughs> right out of the simpsons where they just turn on a dime on somebody and it's so obvious and the last thing is there's that pink-haired soccer star megan rapino and uh, she's such a piece of shit. I hate those stupid soccer stars. Uh, well, her because she's well, she's just not attractive enough for me. But that's all right. Remember, they, you know, they didn't win, so I don't know why they're getting all this uh, praise or anything. Uh, that's fine. But she is a Subway sandwich spokesperson. They gave her a deal, but everybody's pissed off now because she knelt during the national anthem. Now, if she wants to kneel during the national anthem, that's fine with me. But that's what you get. If you decide to kneel during the national anthem, you get possibly your sponsorships taken away. That is your, that's what you get. You're kneeling saying, well, not everybody's going to like me and I might lose sponsorship. So I'm doing this to prove a point. So you can't be mad if Subway doesn't want to use you anymore because they're getting flack because... You know, most of America doesn't appreciate when people kneel during the national anthem. So that's what you get. So I have no problem with her uh, being fired from a stupid Subway sandwich commercial, which is probably very uh, profitable, especially for a female uh, soccer star. But, you know, they're so desperate to have females, not just the male athletes. And here's another thing, and this is the final thing. I have been outspoken about how much I could not care less about female sports. Oh, I know it sounds awful, but I just don't care. Besides women's gymnastics and possibly tennis, when they show females at the Olympics, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch female pole vaulting. I don't want to watch female high jump or track. I like watching the men, (laughs) as gay as that sounds. I just don't care. And you can't get angry at me for not caring. I don't care if they want to win, and I don't care if they show them on TV. I just don't care. I think they they should probably have a man and a woman's channel, and then, oh, well, let's see where the ratings go for that, shall we? I was on a podcast the other day, and people were like, "Um, the women should get just as much pay as the men. And I'm like, are you out of your goddamn minds? That's not the way it works. And we did a huge podcast on this. Women don't bring in the ratings. It's just a fact. Now, women's soccer, they they should have better pay than the men Because that's the only thing people want to watch in soccer. No one gives a shit about soccer in this country. Except for female soccer. We like that. So they should get paid more. But it goes by ratings. And you're you're telling me the WNBA thinks they should get paid as much as the men. You're out of your goddamn minds. Because that's where sexism draws the line. You're not popular. This is why Dave Juskow can't be on Mark Maron's podcast. He's just not, it's not realistic. Well, it is actually realistic. So screw you, Elliot. (laughs) it's my friend he goes you're not gonna get on that podcast i'll get on that podcast don't you worry but i'm just saying 
you, you, you know, you can't demand equal pay when it's not equal in what people want to see. I'm sure there's plenty of people that want to see uh, their female athletes. But if that was true, there'd be more year-round sports. We, they're, they're only in every two in front. You know, we like figure skating and gymnastics. And that's where the women shine. And I'm not saying, and that's where they should stay. No, I don't care. I just don't care for it. I, I, and if I can't say that, and the, somehow that gets misconceived that, you know, oh, what a horrible person. Well, screw you. Just because I don't care. Have your fun. I don't care if they showed on TV. I choose not to watch that part. But that's what I'm just saying. I, I just prefer the men's athletics. I don't, so? But I'm just saying you can't say we should have equal pay if that's not what's profitable. And that's not what the networks want. So people are insane. But we know that already. Everybody's losing their mind. The cancel culture is such a mess. This Cuomo thing. What the fuck? It's so hilarious. All these people and he's doubling down. He's like, what are you talking about? What I do? What I, I'm Italian. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Italian. I kiss people. What do you want me to do? Huh? Hey, we're having a good time, right? Hey, if I got to feel up a girl's pussy, hey, they love it, right? I mean, that's what he's basically saying. Look at this guy. It's hilarious. He's making fun. It's like the Italian people should just be like, get out of office. You're making us look stupid. It's awesome. See, this kind of shit is awesome because he hasn't raped anybody. He's Yes, he's made people feel uncomfortable. Oh, no. Jesus Christ, everybody feels uncomfortable at their office. No, it's bad. You don't want to work in a place where you think this guy's going to hit on you every day. I know because I am that guy. But, um, I, you know, I my guess is at this point, he's not going to hit on anybody, I have to say. So I'm just like, let him finish off. As he, I don't think he learned his lesson, but I, you know, I think he's going to know better if he has a female staffer at this point or just get rid of all the females, use the males to end your term, and then that'll be that. Don't start this impeachment shit. It is unproductive. This state of New York is in shambles, thanks to a lot of the country because of COVID. This is not a good time to impeach or ask somebody to resign. Let him finish out shit. Let's not get distracted. This guy should have been out a long time ago. I think he was going to try and run for a fourth term. Again, why isn't there legal gambling here? Why isn't there legalized pot do you know how much money that would bring in? You know this guy is corrupt. He's got to be in with people. Something is wrong with this guy. I've been saying it for a long time. But I just didn't think it was this. He's also single in office too, so I don't know. You know, as a man who, well, I wouldn't touch anybody that didn't. I'm terrified to, t- to talk to anybody. I'm terrified to make a move on a woman. I'm terrified to, wait, should I kiss her? Because what's going to happen? What, I'm going to be in the news on a date? That all being said, I think this was a splendid podcast. I had certainly a lovely time bringing it to you today. We had a good time. It was lively. We had a lively discussion. And it's a nice day. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm hungover, but in a good way. I had an amazing time with my niece. I guess that carried over. I had two really great days. 
do I want to get back into comedy because of those guys? No, I'm still soured on comedy. Um, but you know, after what happened two weeks ago, but it was it was a much better time where you know maybe if I just uh, don't work with horrible people, I got lucky for the last two days. I got to work with really great, nice, polite people and we have a good time. But of course, that's the way jobs work. You don't always get to work with great people. I guess I just sometimes assume at my advanced age, I should be at a place where I can only work with people I want to work with. But that is just not the case because uh, financially, you got to do what you got to do, even though I'm not making any money. And I'm spending like there's no tomorrow because really, there is no tomorrow. So what the hell? hey Anyway, next week on the show, uh, I don't have any plans. I'm just saying that uh, it's my birthday week. I'll let you know what happens. It's a little depressing. I mean, I'm not depressed, but it's like there's a lot of pressure for me. I'm a birthday guy. I like celebrating. So it should be a, it should be a week of celebration, one would think. But we'll uh, talk about that uh, next week. Uh, I don't know whether I would tape the day after my birthday. It depends how drunk I get because usually the day after my birthday, as you know, I go on Facebook and respond to everybody individually that has wished me good luck because I hate people that on Facebook thanks for all your birthday wishes fuck you I like keeping in touch with everybody if people are kind enough to send a message then I want to send a message back and say we should hang out except for those people I don't want to hang out with you guys are the greatest Patreon you guys rule the most I love everything about you guys I love doing this podcast we'll see you next week on Black.